Okay, welcome back to the Cairo London Podcast. It's Craig McLean here, your host again. And today I've got the pleasure of welcoming Nimrod Mueller to the pod. Now, Nimrod and I have a bit of history. He worked at Putney Cairo for a while, so it was really good to catch up with him. But we reconnected again last year in 23 when he came from his now home in Barcelona up to London to just set up a roundtable conversation with a bunch of chiropractors uh, from all over the UK. And his main aim of that was to try and just plot a course for chiropractic in the future. Uh, So after some brainstorming and some nice discussion about all sorts of things, um, the phrase chiropractic enhancing life uh, came out of that. So. I partly wanted to get Nimrod on the pod to just talk through the process of what we did that day and let everyone know that on the 24th of March in 2024 that uh, he's coming back to the UK and he's going to be at our clinic in Fulham uh, to carry on part two of this. He's going to be joined by Mark Possels. And if you want to get involved in it, just check out the show notes because you've got uh, Nimrod's contact details and a little bit more about things in the notes. But look, it's not just about that. Um, Nimrod is one of the cleanest thinkers and clearest communicators of chiropractic that I know of. Uh, And if you haven't heard him talk on a couple of other pods, just settle down for the ride because... Uh, what, what I kind of love about where our conversation went is, for me, I discovered level four of Cairo philosophy, and I don't think I'd ever been introduced to it before. Everyone is focused in on either helping people be pain-free or helping people, almost like I see level two as helping people maybe prevent their pain, or level three being optimizing performance, not really about pain, just about um, making sure that their body is finely tuned. But there is a level four. So listen in to hear what level four is all about. Over to our chat. Dr. Nimrod Mueller, welcome to the Chiron <laughs> Podcast. Thank you so much, Craig. It's a total pleasure and honor to be here with you. It's so cool. We have a bit of history together, but hang on, before we get into that, um, <laughs> can you set the scene for me? Uh, we are yet again doing international podcast broadcasting here. Where are you in the world and describe what you see around you for me? Oh, okay. Well, uh, you know, unlike you, I'm in Europe. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <to be> contentious. <laughs> I'm like, hang on a minute. I'm in Europe. What are you talking about? And then I forgot. Actually, I'm not. Uh, <laughs> you know, I'm in Barcelona. Um, I know this is podcast only, but you can probably see there's a map of Spain behind me. I've uh, been here the last few years. What can I see? We're sitting on one of the main plazas, on one of the main squares in Barcelona, which means uh, beautiful by daytime, uh, drunken vomit by night. <laughs> and noisy, right? In the oh, yeah. summer, when you yeah, have yeah. the windows open, it gets a bit rowdy, right? So Yeah, exactly, exactly. So, you know, we, we get the ups and the downs. Yeah, so look, let's. Uh, I am uh, calling from London, uh, just over the way from Putney, Cairo again, um, mm. and I see a brilliant sunny day over here in the oh. UK of ten degrees. Um, <laughs> which, given the fact that, not that we're going to timestamp this, because obviously people are going to be listening to this for decades. 
But exactly. uh, yeah, it's winter here, and we're having a nice little <laughs> reprieve from the uh, the winter period at the moment. Ah, but, the, uh, the, the benefits of global warming, right? <laughs> Seriously, London's going to be the place to live in the future because, um, yeah, if if it's still here and the and the Thames mm. doesn't break mm. its banks, then yeah, mm. I think we'll be fine. Um, <laughs> hey, look, let's go back though to London. We yeah. have history uh, yeah, began in London. Uh, I think I first met you when you're in in London, and you've worked at Putney Chiropractic. I know that was so brilliant, and you know, I must say, I mean, it's really uh, one of the nicest memories that I have because it was just such a great atmosphere there with you and uh, such a lovely, lovely practice. Hey, what's your what's your memory though? Like, because uh, you know, I'm getting old now. I had my 52nd birthday a couple <laughs> of days ago, and I can't remember detail of these things anymore. But well, did you join us just for a short spell? Right, like it was like six months or something. Or I was, it was, yeah, it was slightly more than six months, but not too much longer. Uh, my partner and I uh, moved to London. We were there. Um, we were looking around. I was very much on the search for what is a congruent practice for me, and yours ticked all the. Uh, the bills for that. It was a lovely time, good group of practitioners, lovely people to care for. And then the GFC hit and we ran back to Australia. So Now, this was in the Bective Road location though, the small was. location, wasn't yes. it? Yes. Yeah, so it was like Cairo done simple, huh? Well, yeah, but, you know, is there any other way? I mean, it's it's yeah. really what else do we need? A few tables, our hands, practitioners, people coming in and uh, good to go. Yeah, mate, it was uh, it was so cool, and I'm pretty sure you helped us out around that time where I had a slightly uh, uh, challenge of my own health at that point. Um, I think I, that point where I blew my lumbar disc, and I think you were around yeah. to help us out at that point. So thank you yeah. very much. Uh, no, thank you for the opportunity. No, like I said, it was it's really one of the more fond memories I have of our time over in Britain. So thank you. But look, then let's quickly trace then. Uh, I did love the way I think you set up practice in Sydney and from afar I kept an eye on um, a fairly central Sydney location, wasn't it? Yeah. So for those who know Sydney, it's in Newtown, which is basically the next suburb out from the CBD. Very central, but also uh, at the time that I was there, it was it was pushing in with those hipster families, those fancy prams coming in and, you know, kind of like Putney, I guess, in a way. Yeah. Um, and yeah, yeah. Uh, so I had, had a lovely practice running there, uh, you know, open plan, pure chiropractic, uh, helping families. And, and that's been my trajectory in practice pretty much my whole my whole professional life. And so that particular practice, you just opened the doors and welcomed people in or did you take something over? No, no, no. Yeah, I opened it. My partner and I set it all up, uh, refurbished the place and um, set up a, a very uh, niche focus on the marketing. So it was, you know, those those hipster mums uh, pretty mm. much with their kids. Um, yeah. So got it, got it booming with the chaos of kids that happen and all of the beauty and craziness that they bring, um, which is something that I love. Uh, and uh, you know, maybe we'll delve into that. What that means, but um, yeah, it was it was it was a fun practice. And then uh, my partner's German, and uh, after ten years in Australia, uh, he kind of said, uh, "Need to be close to my parents." So we made the move back over to Europe, and and ended up in Spain. And here we are in Barcelona. Yeah, nice. Uh, how how long ago was that now? So we came over here in 2019, and for those of you up on the dates, we moved into Barcelona just before COVID. So <laughs> fun time <laughs> to be moving into a totally new city and trying to build a practice and all of that. And, you know, brought its, brought its challenges and its learnings. 
Yeah, so because uh, I I almost thought you might have been in Australia during COVID, but um, no, I uh, I missed the dates of that. So mm. I guess you know silver lining and all that. I think I don't know. Was do you think Spain was a better place to be than Australia? Uh, no, I would I wouldn't say so actually because we were really locked down here. We weren't allowed to leave our apartments, not even to do sport. Whereas mm. in Sydney, they were all complaining about the lockdowns, but they could go to the beach and the park and work <laughs> out in Hyde Park, and you know it's like ah, oh, come on, guys. Uh, but you know, each each place had its had its pains, and definitely Victoria was was pretty painful. I understand that. Yeah, yeah cool. So, um, look, uh, I also have a bit of track record with Mark Bossels. Uh, he was a coach mm. of mine for a period of time. And uh, at what point did you get um, hooked into or, or start working? I, I think Mark's been a long term coach of yours, hasn't he? Yes, yeah, so I I um, was started coaching with Mark in my uh, third year at, at back at uni. Um, and have pretty much been him, with him consistently. And then more and more I've been engaging as a coach. Uh, and about 18 months ago now, I kicked it all off, uh, started um, actually coaching with him. So uh, I've always been involved very politically in the profession and some things ended for me. And so I finally gave up to Mark's constant harassing and said, okay, I've got this space in my life so I can I can jump in and, and as well and uh, it's been a fun ride you know a lot of a lot of realizations and learnings for myself as uh, as I go through this and you know quest is is an amazing amazing product and uh, total kudos to mark for what he brings to the profession and the transformations he creates yeah no, I, I'm looking forward to because it sounds like you and Mark are popping over to the spring conference, right? In the UCA spring conference in March or April. I don't know the date exactly now. Yeah. But, uh, yep. Yep. So UCA spring conference, that's March. Uh, yep. Mark is actually presenting. Um, and, uh, you know, we we kicked off these conversations with chiropractors in Britain uh, that uh, I was very grateful you were there for that. Um, so we should be doing a, a follow-up on that tied in with those dates around Spring Conference. So uh, Mark can jump in and help facilitate some some uh, good brilliance coming out of the chiropractors in the UK at the time. Well, it's taken us about 10 minutes to get around to the point of this chat. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but we've got a lot to catch up on, you know. We might yeah, as well, you yeah, know. Yeah. Um, I, uh, I love making our listeners endure or in uh, my indulgements of uh, just chit chat, um, because I don't know. I mean, look, I think everyone's journey through Cairo's uh, an interesting one, anyway. And yeah. um, like you're saying, this pod or before we pressed record, where you asked me, who are we pitching this at? You know, and 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 the reality is, uh, the listeners of this pod are a bit of a mix of chiropractic patients and chiropractors. You know, and mm. the. The direction it's gone over the over the years for me, eighty episodes in, has been, you know, a, a bit of a focus on chiropractors, and then we went to focusing in on some cool stories from some long term clients or interesting clients of ours, and I've kind of then twisted back into more of a. I don't know if you'd call it an industry thing or certainly more very interesting international or, or, or chiropractors of of note that I just wanted to have mm. a chat to really. So yeah. I, yeah. you know, I think I hope people are finding it interesting. I've had some very good feedback from the conversations uh, of more recent ones. Nice. Uh, I, I love the stuff that you did with Martin Harvey uh, recently, mm. um, and I've you know it's, it's funny. I was on his podcast. 
He was on mine. I heard you on, you know, it's like where the podcast yeah. sluts, you know what Incest- I mean? Just, uh, very incestuous, very just incestuous. Bouncing around <laughs> between them. <laughs> yeah, that's right. We should just do a series of podcasts and release them on all of them, you know? <laughs> Coming to Netflix soon, right? Yeah, like <laughs> yeah. everything else. Um, it'll, it'll need some uh, really fancy Cairo name for Netflix. Yeah. <laughs> um hey uh, but look so yeah so the the, the quest thing and I, I was really intrigued actually when uh well this there's sort of two things i really wanted to get out of this conversation so if you actually do get to minute 10 and you're like what the hell is this going to be all about <laughs> uh partly i'd like to sort of have you go over some of the stuff that i heard you discuss with martin with regards to chiropractic philosophy um, and so we'll have a bit of a conversation around that, but then I'd also like to give you a bit of an opportunity to talk to me about what is happening with, um, your involvement with quest and also with some of these round table discussions or one that you've had so far last year in London. And, you know, what's the, what's the, you know, what, what's the purpose behind wanting to do something like that as well, you know, um, yeah. So let's go straight into Cairo philosophy. Um, A, because I don't think there's anywhere near enough Cairo philosophy content out there, you know. Um, mm. uh, I, I've been meaning to actually track down, there's a guy in the UK, I've forgotten his name, but he's literally, I think he's got every green book under the sun, right? And I literally <laughs> want to get him on the pod just to save me having to read all the uh, green books. Um, but <laughs> Well, uh, let me tell you, the, the green books are rich and amazing and part of them are a little bit painful to read. So Yeah. <laughs> I have better ways. Them, yeah. And I, I struggled, but, you know. Yeah, hey, um, yeah, yeah. So look, um, I, I love uh, like uh, more recently, uh, you know, Martin's been Martin Harvey's been talking about the thing where he kind of talks to people about on their journey of of healing or, or Cairo, where they they basically start off a lot of them in in pain focus and just want to deal with the pain. Um, uh, some of them then take that shift once the pain is easing or changing to more of a, oh, I don't want that to happen again. So he mm. refers to that as like then switching their focus to more of a prevention um, side of things. Um, and then once they've actually been in the sort of prevention mode for a period of time, a lot of them pop out into uh, a slightly deeper understanding of how health and taking responsibility for their own health in this kind of performance-based thing, right? So mm. they're like, oh, I just don't want to run away from the pain. I just don't want to hide from it. I just don't want to do stuff to kind of like stop that thing from happening to me. Um, mm. They're like, oh, I actually, I want to perform at my best. You know, I, I, I want my body's connections to be firing at their best so that i can either be the ultimate sportsman the best parent the you know the most focused at work or whatever it might be right Mm. um so then i was like yeah that's cool and you know it's been a kind of cairo mission of mine to try and get as many people understanding performance uh as i can especially given the fact that I love having my own body performing at its best. I love to sort of Mm. do all sorts of things from cycling to skiing to whatever to, you know, to really push the limit of what my 50-year-old body frame can do, you know, and perform at its best. And that's how I kind of use Cairo, right? And then I was like, you know, there's a few little victories along the way when you're like, yeah, I've got that, you know. Uh, I've got some people kind of like uh, vibing with me in my practice, you know what I mean? And then you come along, right, and then you start talking about, uh, oh, there's another level. Yeah. 
I didn't even know there was another level, right? <laughs> For 25 years. Um, it's kind of like when you've been playing that game on the Nintendo, not that I ever do that, and you're like, <laughs> yeah. And you're like been battling away for 25 years to finally get to the top of level three, and then there's another bloody level. Um, so what? What's what's the other level? Tell me. <laughs> well, uh, first let me let me frame this, I guess, by saying, uh, you know, the way I'm coming at it is is obviously my own subject perspective and uh, way that I see chiropractic and and all of those paradigms that you outlined from you know the real uh, mechanical what we may call mechanistic biomechanical uh, pain based uh, up to maybe the uh, functional to the neurological and to the the person performing they're all brilliant uses of chiropractic so there's there's no judgment here you know when we talk about what are the high levels just because they're higher doesn't mean that they're better. Uh, all of those uses of chiropractic used in the best way possible are great. And I think um, to make the distinction, the, the way they're great is when they're right for the practitioner and also for the person using them. So, you know, whatever level you're playing Nintendo at, if that's where you're buzzing, that's fantastic. You know, so uh, yeah. I think it's important that we don't have this sort of condescending hierarchy around it. And uh, I, I guess, you know, and I'm, I'm, I love Martin's work and he's brilliant and the way he communicates it and, and really brings the essence of it out is just phenomenal. And I've, I've done a few of those seminars. I use those models myself in practice where, you know, do you want symptomatic relief? Do you want preventative care? Do you want, you know, more performance sort of stuff? And, and the thing that goes beyond that is possibly what encompasses all of that. So, that's looking at who is this human being in their life trajectory in the world at this moment. Uh, and some of that can sound quite big and abstract and conceptual, but it's actually not. It's actually, you know, really concrete. Even, you know, even for you, Craig, have you been skiing this season? Yeah, 10 days ago, just got back. Yeah, where'd you go? Switzerland, Verbier, Epic mm. Power. Ah, yeah. Can you remember an epic run? Yes, and the you know the nature of what I like to do is also recorded on these crazy three sixty cameras now. So <laughs> uh, <laughs> I make I make everyone else endure my epic runs as well, just for my own ego. But yeah, well, but before we get into the recording, what is your uh, felt sense around that run? Do you remember one specific run that you finished and you went, "Wow, that was a run"? Yeah, got it. Yeah. And so at the end of it, can you describe some of what you were experiencing and sensing? I think the first thing that came to mind is a sort of sense of calm, I think. You know, you kind of, uh, you know, calm, another sense of uh, privilege almost or satisfaction in the fact that it is, um, you know, I'm so grateful to be here in this situation uh, and I like to do the thing where I just get right away from everyone too. So there's like a, a, a silence in there. There's a, um, uh, yeah, it's it's a sense of complete satisfaction and gratefulness that I was able to sort of be fit, healthy enough, skillful enough to be able to have um, journeyed down this amazing pitch mm. that we just did. Beautiful, yeah. beautiful. And just to ask you one more question about it, how was your body feeling? What was the body felt sense? Again, first 
thought was lightness you know you kind of feel like mm. you're floating a little bit you know like you're just kind uh, of uh, you know um you've you've just achieved a pretty amazing thing and you're just like yeah yeah that was great yeah so i mean first of all i think i'm about to book my ski tickets after that <laughs> it's <laughs> such a great great experience and a great description but if we look at that you know the the body felt this lightness and and possibly you know this this rush of uh the hormones the chemicals yeah within yourself you felt this calm this tranquility um this gratitude this appreciation for what you had and this space around you that you've created by being uh by yourself away from others and creating this this tremendous fulfillment so what you've described is the experience of craig at this amazing time this moment in your life that encompasses body mind and if you like even soul and a spiritual experience this connectedness this uh breadth this purpose that that you're on and you know we don't have to get attached to you know the the uh the words and the um semantics of those but this is there's this breadth that encompasses everything and flows and connects through from the body mind to soul and and spirit if you're okay with that word and so this is the being of craig in that moment in his trajectory on his life in that moment in the world and for me the more we can have those rich deep fulfilling meaningful experiences the more that we are sucking the juice out of life and chiropractic has a strong role to help people be able to do that. That's what you talk about with, you know, being pain-free prevention and performance, but experiencing that as well, being there, really being aware of it. You know, what you described is tapping into how your body felt, how your mind felt, how you could see all of that and how you saw yourself in that moment. And that level of uh, expansive awareness that goes all the way through those body, mind, soul, spirit in you, in your place, in your life, that's that richness that goes way beyond just how we're feeling in our body in terms of pain or preventing dysfunction or allowing our body to function at its best, which is that peak performance stuff. So I think there's, there's such a beauty there for chiropractic. Yeah, um, like it's it, it's really great to hear you, and, and you've sort of obviously tapped into that. And I guess you're always sort of I, I, I love the way you you describe the fact that there's no there's nothing wrong with whatever level that you're at in the game. You know what I mean? Uh, and in fact, it's very right for you. Um, and you, in order to sort of help people celebrate where they're at. Um, that's that's what you do you kind of like you're there and you say hey yeah we you know and and quite often you'll help someone achieve like a a state of being pain-free and they're happy just to stay at that point and that level and you celebrate with them and then they move on and you move on right um Mm. Mm. uh and yet um you know I, i i think it's it's so difficult though to have those conversations, not just you know with with practitioners, right? Let's let's look at it. I was literally mm-hmm. having a conversation with a chiropractic student the other day, who's at the London mm. South Bank Uni, mm. and you know they're, they're obviously teaching chiropractic in a, in a very sort of minimalist way, um, mm-hmm. 
where the you know even the way that we practice Cairo uh, at Cairo London, it's sort of just blind, stretching his mind a little bit too far <laughs> because of the fact that he's like, well, hang on a minute, aren't we meant to be sort of helping people, then discharging them with like a mm. um, to sort of then live a better life because we've helped mm. them, train them out of doing various little things, and then we just step mm-hmm. away, you know. And yet mm. you're talking about like you want to keep seeing them for a little bit longer, you know? Um, So at every stage that you're talking about, there is that challenge of like, you know, if you're talking to someone about spiritual connectedness um, to someone who either a practitioner or a patient who's at the level that's, that's not anywhere near that it's, it's, you you can't jump levels really, can you? Absolutely not. Um, You know, using your Nintendo metaphor, you're not ready for level 35 if you're still on level one, right? And and so the thing about this model is all levels are right, all levels are valid, and all levels are important. And as we move up, we incorporate levels. So if I unpack this a little bit, if I ask you again about, if I ask someone else about the same skiing question, and all they said to me is, you know what, my body was pain-free and I could feel my knees doing what they needed to. That's perfectly valid and brilliant. You know, that's a, a pain, no pain, symptom, no symptom view of the world, right? Brilliant. You know, if, if, if chiropractors around the world help people do that, that's a gift. Mm-hmm. And if they then move from that biological material onto, and my lungs were breathing really well, and I could feel that my heart was doing what it should, and I wasn't exhausted, and I could do it all day, that's that function performance that we're moving into. And then, you know, I could go and look after the kids, and my wife could go and uh, and enjoy you know, some social time coming into that performance identity. So People can answer that question at whatever level they're at, and all those levels are an amazing gift to humanity, an amazing yeah. gift to this world. You know, one of the biggest struggles I think we, well, most practitioners have, um, is that that idea of we're also assuming that most of us assume that the people who are at whatever level they're at just don't want to be in, they're not interested in the next yeah, one, right? Like yeah. it's, in fact, they're already writing the pathway for them saying, well, you know, you don't want to, you don't want to get involved mm-hmm. in level two, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. um, uh, you seem to be quite happy here in level one. So I'm just going to yeah. make it clear that we're going to discharge you after right. like, you know, seven right. sessions or whatever it is, or, you yeah. know, it might be the point where like they're really engaging with you and they want to sort of be on a preventative plan of some sort. Um mm. And you're like, oh, yeah, well, you only need to be coming and seeing me every six weeks, you know, Mm -hmm. Um, whereas the person's really thinking, I want to come every week, you know. What Um, else is there? I really love this stuff, you know. Um, (laughs) Why are you making me come like once every six six weeks, you know. Um, Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I think think some of that is, uh, first of all, wherever the chiropractor is at, they will only be able to serve people up to that level. Right. So, so, you know, we can't, we can't see people beyond where we're at. And as we move up in our own level of, uh, I'll use the word consciousness now, our word of appreciation for the philosophy of chiropractic, then the challenge is for us to not uh, devolve to a lower level out of default with the people that we're serving, which means as we're seeing things more functionally, performance-wise, or in terms of this rich experience of life, then it's for us to be curious and find ways to open the door for other people as well rather than devolve to the most basic level. Uh, And I think chiropractors and human beings in general do that because it feels safe and secure down there. Uh, There's lack of fear of judgment and evaluation from other people. And the 
real challenge for chiropractic is we've tagged ourselves within the larger health industry, which is run by the allopathic industry, which is pain and symptom focused. And their measure of success is the symptom or pain is gone. And that's the reason for discharge to care. And so there's an identity crisis for chiropractors in playing in this larger game that they it's useful for them to start to ask the question, uh, am I using the uh, the categories, the measures of the allopathic industry, or am I curious about seeing what else is possible from a chiropractic perspective? And you brought up philosophy, and this is where the philosophy of chiropractic is the gift um, that can also be a challenge but actually allows us to bring about a richness for the people that we're caring for way beyond just that first basic level. When do you think you reached level four in your Nintendo career? <laughs> Look, to be honest, um, I, I, I play at all levels. You know, people come yeah. into my practice and, and they want everything and I'm happy to go there and still be challenged at every level. Uh, and the, the reason I chose chiropractic in the first place is because I was already on a hunt to see how I could help uh, deepen the human experience in a natural way. And so my drive to chiropractic came through that lens. Nice. So uh, you came at it from that perspective. Yeah. Right? Uh, yeah. And then you kind of worked out, um, you know, the the rules of the engagement um, mm -hmm. after that. Or, you know, once you say, hey, this seems like it has the potential to sort of help me live out my own life potential here. Yeah, and I could be a chiropractor to sort of do that, right? Um, yeah, yeah, absolutely. And and you know the the amazing thing about chiropractic is it's natural and it's using something from the inside out. You know these these philosophical philosophical terms that we we could unpack a little bit, but it really means that the human being is doing the work. Uh, it's not this outside in trying to force something on them uh, and have them modify who they are or their own physiology to that as a response. Uh, this obviously has to be, or maybe there doesn't have to be, but uh, if someone's going through this journey in your own practice, um, because for those that don't know, you're still well, you're still practicing in a outer suburb of Barcelona. Um, but th there must be a certain amount of education that comes with that, right? Um, because, or, or, or do you find that it's not necessarily like some people just sort of intuitively sort of follow a bit of a path, which then goes from different levels to the next, and then you just support them in that? Or is it really important that they get more information about how the nervous system works or about how um, the health works from the inside out? Uh, so you're talking about people I see in my practice rather than chiropractors. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Although probably, you know, to be honest, uh, well, what, most chiropractors fall into the trap of actually assuming that all their patients have the same level of education that they have. Mm. And, you know, mm. but we've been studying for five years and maybe in practice mm. for 10. And then mm. this other person comes through the door on visit one. And some people are like, mm. well, why don't you get it? You know? Um, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, you know, um, uh, let me answer that with a, a story. This week I had, uh, I have a beautiful family that comes in. They come in every week. Mum, dad, two kids. One kid is a little toddler. Uh, the other one, who's uh, just about seven. And so the mum came in this, oh, they all came in together and uh, I adjusted the mum <clears throat> and um, she uh, turns around to me and she says, you know what, the adjustments, they just make me feel like I'm so much more patient with my kids. 
And uh, she said to me, do you think that the two are related? And so, you know, I, I gave her a little story on how there's a possibility, a probability, there's a biological plausibility that that can be so. And uh, she said to me, the interesting thing is that not only am I more patient, but actually my little toddler uh, responds better to breastfeeding. And also I seem to be more in tune with what their needs are. And the other thing she said is after I adjusted her seven-year-old, she said, because uh, we were on this path of what, what she notices with herself, her kids and, and uh, her husband as well. And she said, the thing I notice about my seven-year-old is he's much more in tune with his friends' needs and how to respond to them. And so then I adjusted the dad and I said to the dad, uh, you know, he's actually, you got a photo of cycling behind you. He's a cyclist up in the, in the hills here. And uh, I said to him, oh, what have you noticed through care? they've been coming in for a couple of years and he said the thing I always remember is after my first adjustment I went for a cycle that I normally do a couple of times a week and I looked at my um, measuring device sorry I don't have hour that. meter hour meter there you go <laughs> and uh, I could see immediately that I did a lot faster and with greater power than normal and it shocked me but now what I realize is immediately after the adjustment I just feel this sense of peace within myself that is just addictive. And so when we look at that experience, you know, the toddler is more in tune with their biological needs, their physiological needs. The mum is more patient and in tune with her family. The other kid, the older kid is more in tune with his sociological role. And the dad has this internal sense of peace and also these physiological effects on the bike and, and other things there. And so none of that required what you have called a level of education about health or the body or neurology. It's their own reflection on their experience. Now, if I wanted to sit down and give a neurological lecture on how that has happened, how the subluxation and the adjustment have caused that and innate intelligence has come more online, caused coordination and greater function and ease and so on, yes, that requires a level of education for myself and engaging them in level of education as well. But the truth is that's all bullshit. It doesn't matter. The thing that matters is what they experienced and that we can help them see that their life is richer as a result of the care that they're getting. Now, but we need to own that. Here's the thing, though. If you don't ask what they're experiencing, then A, you're never going to know, and B, they'll never think about it. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I know, you know, Mark, uh, Martin, sorry, is big on, on pre-framing. And so I pre-frame that as well. You know, what these are the things people like you may notice as, as you're going through care, depending on the level of care they're at. So, you know, when they're first coming in and they may be symptomatic, those pre-framed questions will be related to that and function and then up to function and performance and then performance and richness of life. Uh, and it's important for us as practitioners to ask those things so that people can observe their life being richer, not to create lifelong patients, but to create human beings who are living a more meaningful and fulfilling and richer life in this time, in this moment, in this trajectory that they have in the world. Wow. So I didn't do a lot of preparation for this chat because I just knew we wouldn't need to actually have too much direction because, <laughs> you know, um, it's all cool. fun. Um, it comes up. But, uh, actually, one more thing on that, though, is if you're pre-framing things uh, at the wrong level, then that's just going to confuse people too, isn't it? You know, so, totally. Um, totally. so if, you, if you're asking the pain guy about the sort of spiritual connectedness, there's like yeah. – 
Yeah, yeah. What are we doing yeah. here? You know. Um, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And and again, you know, just like I said to you with the skiing example, you say it's a spiritual connectedness, but we can have we can have that experience at all at all levels, right? At the at the physiological, neurological, adaptability, performance, you know, function, and up to who am I in this spiritual path in my life? It doesn't have to play up in in their spiritual includes all of those things. You know, the 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 the. A greater ability of a kid to realize when they need to go to the toilet is part of the spiritual experience. <laughs> you know, it's it, it's a physiological one, but it's an important one as well. It's it gets included in there. Mm. Yeah, I think that that sort of spirituality or references some references to it sort of does scare a few people off. I think doesn't it because they're sort of you're not yeah. really sure exactly what it means. You know, is it wrapped up in the religion? Is it wrapped up in whatever else um but yeah it can mean whatever it means to everyone right so yeah absolutely absolutely you know we've we've created this world that is so good at science and rationality and the downside of that has been that we've run away from this internal sense of meaning and value and shared meaning with our family our social environment our community um that can be you know shorthanded as our spiritual path in in this journey that we have what do you think the legacy of your current, or say, you know, probably your say, say, look at the ten years of uh, New Newtown. Where was it in Sydney? Yeah, yeah, Newtown. Yep. You know what? What was that legacy that you left behind? Were you like, were you were you aiming to leave a certain legacy, or, or on reflection, what do you think was the biggest impact you made on Newtown? Oh, look, I mean. I do and I don't think in those terms. When I'm when I'm caring for someone, the only thing I'm thinking about is how can I bring about a greater connection with their innate intelligence to express itself better. Uh, and that, you know, in that moment, that's that's my legacy. Uh, and what what that means for them is beyond my control. It's their innate intelligence, their their you know body, mind, soul, spirit that is dictating that. Um, but it, but I think you like I could interpret that for you as well in the way that I bet you what actually happened was um, school teachers were happier in looking after the kids that you were caring for you know um, yeah. uh, uh, you know um, how much of, you know domestic life was calmer you know mm. uh, as a result you know um, you know how much. Uh, road rage was less um <laughs> absolutely you know, how, how much rattiness was sort of left out <laughs> of the sort of family home um yeah anyway it's a it's a long uh, way from I, I, well I think there's all of that. And we all have that in our practices if we sit back and we ask, you know, with curiosity. Yeah. And I guess, you know, I guess to answer your question in a maybe a less cheeky way, my 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 desire is to help human beings expand their um their the richness of their experience for themselves internally, but also within their community, uh, within their environment, within their ecology, within their society, and to help the world evolve as a result of that. And so, you know, if there's a legacy I'm on, then that that would be it. And that's driven me as a chiropractor in practice, but also politically and with the education uh, that I've done and also with Quest, you know, with helping other chiropractors expand their, their impact in, in that way. 
Uh, well, I think that leads obviously perfectly into that sort of next thing I wanted to talk about, which was Quest. And and obviously, there's only a certain amount of impact you can make in the um, the suburbs of Barcelona, mm. um, but uh, there's certainly a bigger impact you can make if you're helping 100 chiropractors or 20 chiropractors around the world mm. uh, get a bit clearer on their own journey, uh, mm. which is obviously what's drawn you into being able to help uh, out at Quest, right? Uh, there's no doubt, you know, listening to your the way you describe things, you've just got that sort of clarity or, you know, cleanness of communication that not many people have. And so, uh, you know, it's... Uh, I'm umming and ahhing and tripping over my words and uh, you've just got the, the flow, you know. Uh, but um, that's why I think it's great that you have picked up this baton that Mark's offered um, and trying to help others. So then I got this random message in the middle of last year. I'm like, I'm coming to town and I want you <laughs> to come along. And I had no idea what was going to happen. And even to the point where I walked into the room, it was very funny. Um, I'm like, what, what are we doing here? You know, uh, <laughs> now I don't know if that was by design, whether you were like, uh, I guess if you set an agenda, then maybe you have to follow it. But if you don't set one, you can just do whatever you want. Yeah. It's kind of like podcasting, right? You can just talk about whatever you want, right? And uh, you know, people can turn you on up, right? yeah. or turn you off and it doesn't matter. Um, doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. No, and, you know, and the whole design of that, and yeah, maybe we'll, we'll step back and look at what that was. But uh, I was deeply curious about where the, uh, the, the basically local London chiropractors were at, but more expanded than that, more the, the uh, UK British chiropractors, and, and where, how they saw chiropractic at the moment and how they saw it into the future, where they wanted to go with it. And so I think, you know, there was, an, a, there was a structure within my head, but being agendaless just allowed that to, to emerge in a way that uh, a, a very strict structure or um, providing, you know, expectations would just have, have um, really curtailed that and curtailed that a little bit too much. Was it um, like specifically to like, are you doing this anywhere else around the world? It was just the UK. I have done it in the past. Um, and because I'm now in Europe, I'm keen to do it here in Europe and help see how we can expand the impact of chiropractic, especially in the UK. You know, the UK is such a unique community. It'd be amazing to see that step up. And I guess it is the most populous of countries uh, yeah. as, as far as chiropractors, number mm -hmm. of chiropractors and chiropractors mm -hmm. too, right? So I guess it's like, a, you know, the, the biggest audience is over here anyway, isn't it, you know? Um, hmm. uh, but, yeah, so uh, we, we sat down, we had a, a whole day of um, pretty much sort of trying to get a little bit clearer on what chiropractic could or should be within the UK. And mm. I, I think... Your, your email you sent around in follow-up was uh, the future that emerged, chiropractic enhancing life. Mm -hmm. Those three words were highlighted and underlined. Yes. And that's obviously in a bit of a summary of sort of the journey that we went through. Um, mm. And the plan is to sort of follow up because I don't think we kind of quite finished the whole process. Um, <laughs> yeah. uh, not well, I don't think you can ever finish the no. process, can you? Yeah. No, no, exactly. <laughs> but um, yeah, it's 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 just interesting in 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 from what I see of of 
the the answer to I think the question I'm asking is is why are we doing this? You know, well, well mm. why are you giving up your time to do this? And and mm. well, let me have a go at it and then see if uh, <laughs> see if I'm right. Um, go for it. But part of that is just to help every chiropractor sort of lift above their day-to-day practice from a moment and this kind of get a little bit clearer of of how they can help people or or what potential they potentially you know they have of their own practice um to 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 go beyond what is maybe just an accepted level, you know. Um mm. I don't think I said that very good. What was your um, No, look, Craig, you, you really did you you said that perfectly well and i'll add a couple of things to that uh as you opened up you know i i firmly believe that the philosophy of chiropractic is a rich gift that uh is expansive and magnificent and many of us do not lean enough into that and not that i'm making this about the philosophy but more that chiropractic itself uh, has the potential to really shift humanity. And if we can, as you said, step out of our busy practices and take the time to come together, I think the community part is is important, and see what can emerge, you know, as you said there, really driving life potential into the future for London, for the UK, for Britain, for, you know, the local area and beyond that as well then we have such an amazing chance to to create a little dent in the universe uh, as a result. And I think that that, you know, that I, I am more than happy to, this isn't me giving up my time, this is me living my mission. Uh, so I don't see it as a sacrifice. I see it as my life work to help chiropractors, to help chiropractic, to help humanity and to help the world in this way. Yeah. I mean, it's effectively why I do what I do as well. You know, I, I kind of a long time ago realized that uh, if I have 25 chiropractors um, helping serve, you know, over six locations in London, then that's making a much bigger impact than me being as hugely busy as I possibly can in one practice, you know, and um, uh, that's that's why I do what I do. Um, mm. And... But then you know that's that's obviously a, a similar thing to you, and 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 I think if people do are listening to this, then sort of understanding, I think you know when you're out there and practice solo by yourself, and you're sort of um, maybe you feel like you'd like to engage with people at a sort of a different level that you're at, but you sort of get a little bit sort of harmed along the way by sort of like uh, getting a few rebuttals along the way, and you can if you don't quite realise that thing of like no no no. The, it's not a rebuttal. It's just like you just need to communicate to people at different levels, and then you, you'll you'll be able to sort of you know over time resonate with those people that are at your favourite level, you know, and you'll yeah. then attract way more of of those types of people, mm. you know. And mm. there's nothing wrong with the chiropractor down the road who you know does the needling and taping and the you know the the massage guns and all that sort of stuff because that's mm. they're sort of super happy at sort of working mm-hmm. um within that area i guess where we do get into trouble is when interprofessionally we start to sort of like critique each other mm. at yeah. different levels of what we're doing you know um, yeah uh, look there, there's we should separate out our own prejudice 
uh, about how chiropractic should be practiced to uh, professional ethical questions. You know, this, mm. the two do not necessarily overlap by any means. And there is question about how we can develop the reputation of chiropractic as a profession as well, which sometimes gets a little bit muddy. I've played in a few political associations over my years, and those are often the, the tough questions. But again, when we come back, as you said, to the individual chiropractor and and what I loved about that statement that that came out of it, that emerged, I actually played no hand in putting those words together. The, the group came up with that chiropractic enhancing life is the future that emerged. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and everyone was in agreement with that, so that we can see that. Now, will all four or 5,000 uh, British chiropractors agree with that? No, of course not. But if a good group do that want to uh, push their own practices, their own communities, and their corner of the chiropractic profession forwards in this way, then I think, you know, as we say, chiropractic enhancing life has a potential to allow uh, the world to step up by allowing our local communities to function at a higher level. You, using the old ski metaphor again, I think and this is where there's a the problem with, say, uh, you know, say some of the bigger associations, uh, their, their sort of criticism of, of a statement like um, chiropractic enhancing life is that like, well, we can't communicate that to the masses, you know what I mean? Mm. And so using the, you know, if we're, if we're out there and we're sort of trying to think of the, the bigger picture and we're trying to be that off-piece skier who is just plummeting down these huge sort of open uh, skier-free areas of the mountain, um, mm. totally interrupted, uninterrupted, untracked, and just kind of floating down the mountain mm. and being in this sort of state of spiritual bliss almost. <laughs> and then, but then you're sort of a lot of skiers who are literally in the snowplow fighting the other hundreds of people who are on the piste in this yep. little learner's area mm. or queuing up to get on the same little lift. It's like... Mm. It's very hard to be sort of communicating that that's your potential when you're down right. in the magic carpet being kind of right. dragged up the hill um, <laughs> with all the toddlers, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, 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 absolutely. So, I, you know, this is where I think there's a, a challenge, isn't it, you know, because like a lot of the bigger associations or say the British Chiropractic Association, for example, you know, I guess they feel like they have to communicate at the lowest common denominator to sort of yep. have a, a an audience in 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 uh, say a political audience or uh, mm. even an education audience you know mm. that type mm. of thing um yep. anyway i don't know where we're going with that but um, <laughs> no I, look i i think the point is very valid that um you know we often think that what what needs to drive our direction forwards is all of those other stakeholders uh, and i'll tap a little bit into my political experience on various boards here um, there are many stakeholders that have an influence over chiropractic and if we you know give the analogy to to some of the chiropractic philosophy we can either live the life of the profession dictated from the things that have come from the outside in or actually be self-determinant and autonomous and be inside out. And so as a result of that, there is a political choice for us. It doesn't mean that uh, we stand alone outside of these regulatory bodies and, and insurances and all of that, but we can find our own identity. You know, And I think 
yeah, you went to Verbier and uh, Verbier has a different identity to the local little ski hill that is teaching people how to, you know, be on the magic carpet and not fall over. That's very different to, uh, you know, a sunny coast in the Mediterranean that doesn't care about skiers. Mm-hmm. And, and so there are different identities available to people who want to attract a holiday goer, just like there are with chiropractic or with health in general. Uh, and perhaps, you know, what we saw emerge that day where a group of carpenters came together and said our identity for today doesn't mean it's set in stone it doesn't mean it's correct is chiropractic enhances life uh, and and that speaks from a certain group of chiropractors to a certain group of the public and if the two of those come together with a message that speaks well to that market then all sorts of magic can happen uh, and i think that's where the beauty of something like this really has its potential well, cool. Um, thanks for taking up your time, uh, both in the UK, because I think the UK definitely needs some extra brain stretching um, and guidance at times. Um, uh, I will put in, you'll have to send me the details of dates and things of when you're mm. here. And if anyone listening here wants to get involved in uh, part two of the conversation, I'm assuming you and, and Mark may be involved in a, an evening or an afternoon somewhere, right? Um, yeah. do, do you know the details of that to share now or just that you'll send me links later? Uh, I can send you links, but um, yeah. off the top of my head, we are looking at Sunday. Uh, let me have a really quick look so I don't get this wrong. Um, it's the Sunday following the UCA. So come along to the UCA. Sunday, the 24th of March is when we're having our thing. Get in touch uh, either through Craig or directly with me. I'm happy to have my email supplied to people. And, yeah. you know, this is about a conversation for the profession. So it's about how we can help individual chiropractors and the profession come together and be stronger and contribute better. And uh, really, as uh, as we said chiropractic enhancing life that's that's what we're looking to work towards what does that mean what action steps do we need to take how can we help each individual chiropractor move slightly nudge themselves towards that more and did i hear mark is also doing a little speaking of skiing metaphors he's got a little uh, ski gig on the uh, side uh, too does he um yes I'll, I'll give a little plug to that so immediately following the uca um spring conference he goes off to austria for a week um i believe there are still two places available craig if you mm, want to get your skiing no legs going you know uh, the funny thing is that uh very early days of cairo ski uh i was involved with mark in yeah, doing that yeah, you know? yeah, so uh yeah. i think the you guys went to Chamonix and yeah, yeah, I know yeah, you took that up with him. Yeah, yeah. Well, please do or invite your practitioners. Um, you know, and uh, that's that's going to be a good mixture of skiing and also brilliant uh, personal practice growth that Mark can uh, share when when you're live with him and uh, physically contacting his flesh. Yeah, cool. Well, I'll put all those details in the show notes. Um, hey, lastly, while I got you, because it's been a bit of a theme in a few different um, recent episodes, um, remind me, did you study in Sydney or Melbourne? I forget. I did. Sydney. 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 Yes. So have you got a take on the whole RMIT situation? For those that um, don't know, uh, RMIT is the uh, chiropractic uh, college uh, university that I graduated from in Melbourne, and it's closing its doors to students, um, and that degree course will be no longer once the current cohort of students have finished. So mm. what do you think is going on down there? 
You Look, I mean, first, yeah, 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 of course I have an opinion. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, first, I mean, I, I feel sad for the students, for the people working there, for the people who in the past have put their heart and soul into it, and for the profession as a stakeholder there. I think uh, it's a sad change. And also changes happen, and this probably speaks very well to, as I was mentioning earlier, multiple stakeholders and who we listen to. And so my take on what's happened is that they've listened to stakeholders that have caused a, um, a disconnection from the direction in which chiropractic as a profession would like to go. And so, you know, uh, the, the market is no longer there to serve the needs of the university in the course that it's set up. And uh, as a result of that, they've made a business decision. It's obviously a lot more complex and a lot more uh, long in the history than that. Um, and but look, look it's it's happen. not a, it's not as though it's a problem with getting students to sign up to the degree because I'm thinking it was still a very popular degree course, wasn't it? Yes, and it, it's it depends how they run it. It can be an expensive one to run. Uh, there are more profitable health related ones. So again. What is the identity of chiropractic is what it comes down to. If you're just seeing it as another therapy uh, that, that provides a physical relief, there are others that are more profitable to run. Uh, if you're seeing it as something unique in which it allows you know, life to be enhanced as a result of adjusting subluxations and allowing this inner wisdom, this innate intelligence to express, then it has no competition. And so that's that's really the difference in through there. Is it just a physical therapy or is it something unique? Yeah, look, I'm, I hear you. Like uh, as an ex-student, I do feel sad for the whole situation too. Some mm. of these uh, lecturers mm. that have been long-term lecturers there now mm. without uh, a job, you know, the likes mm. of like a Rick Games or a Tom Molyneux, these guys mm. who are, have been mm. serving the profession for decades, you know. Yeah. Uh, and then you look a bit in the, into the history of it and you look at how much money maybe the profession did early days pump into mm. that just to get it mm. up and running in the days yeah. before it was RMIT and even before... Yep. Philip Institute of Technology, and yep. but then all of a sudden, um, no one even in the profession was consulted about this whole thing, That's and right. it was actually That's a surprise right. to the profession. You know, yeah. um, you saw mm. the the statement from Dave Cahill about it, and just mm. kind of like, a, "We're finding out more information, but we'll let you know." You know, and so mm. it's and, interesting if you look at the history of chiropractic colleges, the profession used to be the major stakeholder, not only in Australia, around around the world. And it, it's definitely in the last couple of decades become less and less to the point that, as you just said, uh, the profession are uh, the last ones to find out about such a critical piece of news. Yeah. That's why it's worth a listen to anyone who um, uh, hasn't listened to the uh, uh, Adrian Wenburn episode I did a couple of weeks ago, um, a couple of months ago now. And, you know, his big thing was, um, I can't remember the three things that you need to do. I think he was like, yeah, you know, you, you, I think it's like, you've got to keep financial control of your degree course mm. in terms of who you employ, who's making the decisions and who's setting the curriculum. Cause once That's that, right. all of those things are sort of taken out of your hands, then, mm. Uh, it's like a ship sailing without any direction whatsoever and and, and no one really knows who's in charge of the steering wheel, you know. Um, Yeah, and, you know, I think, you know, just looping back before we finish to to Quest and Mark Postles, one of the brilliant insights um, that comes through there is that if we 
flow through from our vision, our purpose, our intent into how we do things and what we look for, then there's congruency that allows us to thrive. And that's just as true for an individual practitioner and a practice as it is for an educational institution. And so what what Adrian was pointing out there, that we need congruency that is derived from our vision, our purpose, our mission, our intent. And when we lose that congruency, it's destructive as a result. And that's what's happened at RMIT. And that's what, uh, you know, Adrian tries so hard to make sure continues to happen at BCC and other colleges around the world, like Adelaide College, to make sure there's congruency that is derived from vision. Uh, and so that's, you know, that's again why I love the Quest model and why I love uh, coaching through it, because we help individual chiropractors really, really thrive as a result of of that congruency that is uh, is just, it makes sense. What a beautiful way to wrap it up. Thank you, Nimrod. So good to have a chat to you, mate. Uh, uh, well, look forward to seeing you when you're over here in London in March. Yep, yep. I've seen Mark for ages. Is Mark still practising? Absolutely, he's still practising, yeah. Can't yeah. keep the old dog down. No, 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 he loves it. You know, it's uh, yeah. putting it, being in, in there and making sure he's testing what he's teaching and uh, perfecting it every day. So I look forward to seeing you. Thank you for your time, Craig. Yeah, man. No, thank you very much. See you soon. Yeah, see you soon. Okay, well, that was fun. Um, Thank you so much, Nimrod, for taking the time to be on the pod. For those, uh, don't forget that uh, Kyra London Pod is the Insta account where we share the latest episodes. So head over there, give us a follow there, and feel free to interact with us uh, on Instagram. Uh, head over as well like so if you want to get involved in this thing on the 24th of March in London in Fulham uh, head to the show notes and you'll see Nimrod's email just drop him an email and he'll be happy to welcome you along there's going to be limited places there's not a whole pile of room in there but um, yeah reach out and I'm sure he'll be happy to sort of welcome you along um, for a nice catch up with himself and Mark Possels Um, his email is nimrodmuller at gmail.com we didn't even talk about his blog he's got this cool blog where he just brain dumps every now and then uh, about some uh, brain musings about chiropractic so uh, there's a link to his blog as well as well as you can reach out to him on the quest chiropractic coaching website so thanks everyone another episode down can't wait to see what comes next